Assalamu alaikum everyone, welcome to another Abuan short. We haven't done one of these in a while. Is this the first short of 2018? Could be. 2019. Girl, you're still in last year. Well, it's been four months. It's, it's, <laughs> we're entering April and I'm still lost, allow me. Anyways, um, on today's episode, it's myself, Hafsa, and... Istahir. <laughs> yeah, we kind of just wanted to talk about a few of the current events that have been going on lately. Um, we haven't been able to touch upon them in the podcast because usually we record our episodes in a bit in advance mm-hmm. and we thought this would be a nice or these would be nice topics to cover in a short. Yeah. So the first one that we want to talk about is about the Ilhan Umar situation. Yeah. Istahli, you want to go into that? Do a bit of a introduction about what's what's been going on. Okay, so um, I don't know. As most of you might know, Ilhan Umar is a Somali-American female congressman in america right now and uh you know she had a lot of publicity when she was first elected as being one of the first muslim women to ever be elected for congress and especially for us because she was one of the first somali people in politics in general in america and Mm -hmm. i guess she had a huge spotlight on her internationally not only you know locally but also globally and so we were all essentially focused on her for a very long time and there's like a lot of times when we you know like we're canadian i'm in canada you're in the uk we're not american so we're not really i'm not really into politics are you into politics uh i watch it a bit like i'm really not into politics so for this one to me she caught my eye because she's somali she's a congresswoman you know all these people are supporting her a lot of things are going on and so for the past, it's only been a couple of months since she's actually been elected to office. So for the past couple of uh, months, everything she says has been under a microscope for some reason, right? And so it came as no surprise when this whole incident, um, this recent incident blew up. Like, I'm not lying. It blew up to the point where people were discussing whether she should step down for like two weeks straight. <laughs> yeah, and just to point out, um, she, along with another um, Muslim women were the first two Muslims, um, Muslim f- women to be part of Congress. And that's her and another woman who's Palestinian. Yeah. But Ilhan is the first hijabi. Yeah. So she's actually visibly Muslim. You can tell she's Muslim. She's an immigrant. She's black. She's Somali. She's from a uh, predominantly uh, white area where Somalis are seen as interlopers. So there's already a lot of things that are working against her. She falls into a lot of these little... Um, tropes that are seen by you know americans and they're already stressing out about that so it kind of made her an easy target right um but if we go into specifics as to what happened basically because she already has all all these big targets on her back and she's a very outspoken congresswoman which is amazing she stands up for what she believes in and when somebody mentioned something about um the relationship to do with apac and the u.s government and all of that she posted a tweet saying this is the first thing she did she posted a tweet saying it's all about the benjamins yeah that was basically the tweet (laughs) it wasn't the first thing she said but she said basically someone said um why do you think uh you know like essentially that um these people are allowed to do what they do and she's like it's all about the benjamins but she also mentioned apac by name and Mm-hmm. That's when everyone was like, oh my God, you mentioned Benjamin's money and Jewish people in the same sentence. <laughs> you're anti-Semitic, you know, like as if just because you're Muslim, automatically you're, you're a Jew hater, essentially. That's the assumptions people took. And what killed me about that, like what actually like my mind was genuinely like I was boggled, like I couldn't understand was she specifically mentioned APAC and the U.S., money that's the relationship at the end of the day but for some bizarre reason i couldn't understand the reach the way people jumped to say that oh it's it's an attack against jewish people like that it was anti-semitic guess who started that that narrative it's evangelical adans who are not the crazy christians that's what kills me actually no guess who it was it was chelsea clinton First of all, I'm so happy that she was attacked by that girl after the Christchurch shooting. I truly despise. I was like, yes, I don't care if you're pregnant. That little, that little, continue. Yeah, so essentially Chelsea Clinton was like, this is exactly what she said. As an American, I find offense to this. It's like, okay, you're an American, but Ilhan Amr isn't an American. What makes someone an American? I'm sorry. Like, you mm. know that implication? This is what white people that are quote unquote allies do. They basically but say But she's stuff. not an ally. 
Let's let's stop one minute. Chelsea Clinton has never been an ally. Let's let's put that out there first. No, but you know, like her and her mom do this whole thing where they're like, "Oh, we're here for the minorities, trying to get their sympathies. We support you guys. You know, we the Republicans hate you, but we want you. You know, kind of thing." And so mm-hmm. when she goes and she tweets something like, "As an American, blah blah." If she, her, you know, people see her as being very, very welcoming to minorities and stuff like that. So how do you think Republicans are going to feel? They'd be like, okay, this is the standard. I can go above this. You know, I can say this and everything above, beyond that. So to me, that was like the biggest, like, what the hell? This is so disgusting. Because she will turn around and be like, no, I didn't mean it that way. You know, the whole innocence, innocent act where it's like, do you understand yeah. what I'm trying to say? The, the innocent white woman. Basically. Innocent white woman. Like, no, I never meant it that way. I'm sorry you took it that way. That's not how I meant. I'm always there for you. Always support you. Look at my track record. But it's like your track record is worth bullshit. Because when push came to shove, you were the first one to throw her under the bus. Her and AUC. Like, you know? I'm sorry. Like, I was observing everyone when that first... AOC? Was, yeah, like, uh, whatever her name is. Alexandria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't... Cortez. Alexandria or something. She Cortez, was one yeah. of the first people to tweet that, oh, we should be very... Um, you know we should be very careful on what we say and we should be careful on using anti-semitic tropes but it's like nothing she said was anti-semitic but to be honest to be honest a lot of that a lot of that what what happened was people jumping the gun and like um understanding that you know the powers that be in the um democratic party were already like anti not anti not necessarily anti ilhan but super pro APAC. Like these are people who go to a- to talk at APAC every single year, mm-hmm. who go and take money, who get money from them, who are very supportive of their causes. So it's not surprising that they attacked anything that was against APAC. So yeah. when you have and it's literally like people just fought like sheep. That's literally what it was. They understood what was on the line. Their careers are on the line. They knew that it, like if they all turn on Elhan, Elhan will be the one person to take the brunt of everything. Yeah. And that there's a good opportunity there's a good chance here that she would basically get kicked out yeah because it's so easy to scapegoat it's so easy to scapegoat the muslim black woman the visibly muslim Mm -hmm. black woman it's really you know it just shows you that even in like first of all work politics are work politics but because these people are these other congress people are her co-workers okay so it's crazy to see how it doesn't matter how much of a in the public eye you are or how much you're exposed to people's opinions it does not matter because the muslim black woman will always be the easiest to scapegoat like, how dare you speak for your mind? Excuse me, you're supposed to listen to me before you talk. And what we plan on... T- Do you understand? It's like everyone else yeah. can say whatever they want. But her, like, I realized that her... Like, Nancy Pelosi turned on her. Chuck Schumer. All mm-hmm. the people that are the heads, her bosses, essentially, whatever. Um, Her senior um, co-workers, all of them turned on her. Because she's easy to Wasn't, turn on. You know, you know, I had, you know, I had my heart, like... I think was it Bernie Sanders that was the, one of the only people that was that didn't like turn against her. He was one of the first people to basically say that she did nothing wrong. Um, exactly. It, you know what's the saddest part? It's like APAC is a lobbying company. Like no yeah. one, everyone knows what they're doing, and Americans are so dumb. Like not I'm not to generalize, but a lot of them are no, really are, dumb because the thing that she was fighting against was this l- bill that was passed that you as a private person a private company private sector individual cannot boycott a foreign country like that's the bill that was passed are you okay with you being you know the laws your laws being dictated by a foreign country is are you fine with that because that's what she was trying to debate because apac they pay the government officials to you know to do whatever they want for israel and all that stuff yeah i don't think i think the thing is people don't understand like I don't know why they don't understand this. It's a very it's a very simple concept. At the end of the day, we're talking about capitalist economies and capitalist economies run on money. And then you have lobbying groups and you have to understand that your government needs money to run. Yeah. People need money to be voted into power. They need to put all these like smear campaigns and like put their name out there and all this stuff. Where are they getting this money from? They're getting it from people. And when you get money from people, they expect things in return. Exactly. That's very simply, it, it's very straightforward. Exactly. It's as simple as that. And for her to say that the money that, they, that they're giving to um, the uh, government officials, that shit is unethical. And to point out, it's all about the money that these people only care about money. Well, that's why that's why they're pushing these specific agendas. Exactly. I mean, are we surprised? And if you think about how big of a lobby, APAC is so big that presidential candidates go and talk before them. Like yeah. that should be the biggest alarm bell for people. Every single time that there's an election, yeah, or a primary or whatever else is going on, they talk they talk before APAC. It's so funny why- because. 
in a way, you don't even have to question their motives because their motives are super clear, right? Yeah. So it's like for her to talk about that, it's not nothing wrong with it. Like I could point out, be like, oh, okay, you're voting for that person. But did you know that they're allowing this and this to happen because they're accepting money from... It's not even illegal. It's legal. She's just mentioning... She's just commenting on something that's already legal. I don't understand yeah. why there was such backlash. And I feel like truly the backlash was because she was a black woman. Because the other guy, like a lot of people say anti-Semitic stuff point like very very clearly and they don't get as much mm. yeah. you know it's just no, easy she already had ahead. she already had a target on her back yeah and it was bound to it was bound to happen it was just a question of when to be honest yeah. and i think this also comes into uh play when i mean in general all of this like all of this about um voting for personalities as opposed to substance yes this is something that we all need to think about because we all vote a as a collective we don't look at people's platforms we don't look at what people are talking about specific their policies to be honest like a lot of somali people and a lot of muslim people in general if they really looked at what they were they wanted to look at they would vote more conservative than they would liberal votes true do you get what i'm saying but at the same time like yeah i i know what you mean but they don't even think about they don't like no one's gonna go and sit down and look at this person's policy and that person's policy they're gonna listen to the one two words that they hear from their friends and family they're gonna watch the one two interviews Mm -hmm. um where somebody talks about somebody or does a news report they're not gonna do their own thorough research exactly and like on top of that we're not voting we constantly only vote on the grand scale like who's gonna be prime minister who's gonna be president But we're not looking at our smaller local elections. These are the same people who um, are supposed to represent us in government. These are the same people who are supposed to be affecting us on a local scale. When you're talking about funding for your schools, funding for your communities, we don't look at any of that stuff, right? And we're not looking at how they're influenced and where they're getting their money from. It's true. Honestly, like I said before, that I'm not very political. Like I have a horrible relationship with politics because I truly see it for the thing it is that it's all bullshit and lies and I'm super cynical Mm -hmm. about it. But like as you grow older, honestly, I'm realizing more and more that it's a privilege not to care about politics. Like truly it is a privilege. That's because the minority has your best interest at heart. Therefore, you, you don't have to care about um, politics but like as i grow older i'm realizing there's there's less and less people who actually do care about my community right and my mm-hmm. morals and principles and stuff so when you talk about like representation in in politics you have to realize that even freaking rapists have people to to what do you call represent them people blah, blah, blah. do you understand racist the biggest racist the most disgusting people on earth have people who represent them so why are we not voting for people who represent us even if they don't fully align on what we want like for example there's a point where we all canceled Ilhan Omar. but it's like when you realize that she you know represents more of what you stand for than the average joe or some other person that's just gonna go with the status quo then that you know vote for your best interest regardless of who is being voted in oh my god yeah i was just gonna say um i remember that when we're all like "Ooh, she's uh she's kissing ass to the masses like a few months ago there was a few things that came out like a couple of policies that she was defending and whatever and we're all just like oh okay cool like first of all that just goes to show that so many people were just standing her and loving her for the fact that she, the only only for the fact that she was somali yes. they weren't actually looking at what she was um defending and all of that and second of all you can't get everything you want in life that's very <laughs> true. like honestly when you vote for example in canada when you vote liberal you're getting all of that oh inclusivity oh diversity oh we protect ethnic minorities blah blah blah, 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 blah. legalize weed and when, <laughs> exactly exactly and when you vote conservative you're actually voting for people who um money wise and maybe economy wise or any of this stuff they might have similar values to you but they only but have the, the white the day, people let's think be real shit. exactly they <laughs> only have the, they only they only care about the, the the values of white people they only care about things yeah. for white people which might align with what you want but at the same time they hate you you know what's so crazy like, about that <laughs> it's that con- minorities vote conservative and i'm just sitting here like you're truly you're voting for the house that won't condemn their white supremacists that's exactly that's what you're voting it's for. why it's sticky it's it's a very sticky situation and you don't know what to do but at the same time you have to realize that like somebody that you are um going to look at what they ha- what they have or you're thinking about should i vote for this person or that person you literally have to look at all the platforms they're running on yeah look at a b c d e f g all the way to z don't just look at a b c yeah 
You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyways, um, moving on from that, like, what do you think about the media coverage and everything? So we talked about how people saw her. We, ta- we talked about how the politicians around her, like, trashed her. And we're talking about Alhana Umar still. Yeah. What about how the media portrayed everything? Honestly, like, honest to God, okay? So I have, like, YouTube political channels. And then I have, like, mainstream media. Like, you know, mainstream media as in CNN, Fox, MSNBC, you know, these American uh, media outlets. And can I say that every single one of them it was like a given that she was anti-Semitic and everyone that came on to defend her, they were put on the spot too. Like they were made to, the lady, I remember this one lady was like, but what do you think about her anti-Semitic um, comments? And the guy would be like, oh, technically I'm not okay with that. But also she she brought light to um, serious issues. And then the lady would be like, but what do you think about what she said about those anti-Semitic comments? It was actually crazy. And even like one of the ladies running for the presidential um, elections, Tulsi Gabbard, right? CNN point blank period asked her what do you think about what Ilhan why was Ilhan such a major topic in every single discussion it was actually crazy how obsessed they they were with her and it's like in the end of the day she didn't even do anything wrong so it doesn't even take for you to do something fully wrong just the idea or the implication that you might have could have maybe have done something wrong is enough to basically slander you for a good month or two months like Mm -hmm. I find that crazy it's actually quite uh, mad, but you know the actual the most interesting um, report that I saw, not even a report, the most interesting opinion that I saw about Ilhan Omar on TV, and it's not this is not a news channel or anything. It was on the View, yeah. And I never laughed <laughs> so hard. Don't make hard. me cry. <laughs> I never laughed so hard. So basically, they brought up this topic, and then they were like, the first thing that happened is that they were like, why is Ilhan Omar so fixated on APAC? And I'm like, shut the hell up. They're like, why is she so fixated on Israel? I'm like, you guys are so stupid. First of all, I was like, you guys are so stupid. She works on a foreign um, foreign affairs committee. For her to discuss one of the biggest lobbying groups that has an effect on foreign policy and one of the most volatile parts of the world that America is deeply involved with, why shouldn't she mention that? And like, why isn't she talking about Somalia? That's where she's from. Why isn't she talking about like Syria and, and ISIS and da, da 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 And I'm just like, it's like mad. People are like, why does she care about it? Which is crazy. No, but you know what's funny is the fact that she spent the whole first month of her, her being elected, going after Saudi Arabia. And I remember her comments being filled with Saudi people, basically trashing her, abusing her, sending her yeah. hate comments. So it's like, she, she already took that heat from Saudi Arabia. She talked about Syria. She talked about Venezuela. She talked about every foreign committee every foreign affair or policy that exactly. america's involved in but like apac at the college show everything explodes because no but what pissed me off is like why is she not allowed to speak about it because she's muslim it's like it's or why is she not speak- exactly it's like that um what's his name this guy who was like a professor in religions and they're asking him why are you studying about christ you're muslim like why studying about Christianity and he's like am I not allowed to study about other religions like what's going on here like that's literally they're telling her because you are a Muslim and you are um, from a different country like Somalia namely Somalia you shouldn't be talking about Israel it's none of your business basically but the other anyways continuing with that um, whole panel discussion they got into it and uh, Megan McCain is that her name Megan McCain Megan McCain yeah She's so, oh my God, this woman had a full meltdown. She started crying. I have Jewish friends. She attacked my people. That, that was so, that's so, it's so scary. Oh, she she literally so, called herself a Zionist? She called herself a Zionist. This little white little girl from Arizona, Christian girl, called herself a Zionist. You know, like I watch The View a lot, right? And Megan McCain is the epitome of white woman trash like she's seriously overprivileged she's overprivileged Mm -hmm. she shouldn't even be allowed to talk honestly because she's on the fringes of society she doesn't understand what the regular person goes through at all but she's always trying Mm -hmm. to equate herself with that like sis go worry about your dead father but i don't understand they only have her on there because she's um, a trust fund baby she's a republican and she's my baby she's a mccain all that it's all bullshit but i just want to quickly um mention how Sunny um, actually came, she kind of came to the defense of Ilhan mm-hmm. and was like, what she said wasn't um, uh, anti-Semitic. For some reason, she said that, the second part of what she said, not the whole, um, it's all yeah. about the Benjamins. For some reason, yeah. she's like, oh, that was anti-Semitic. She apologized for that. No, but let's, which, again, they're probably I don't funded by was. APAC, let's be real. NBC is well, probably I honestly, funded by APAC. I'm not, I wouldn't even be surprised. But she was trying to say, listen, why shouldn't she speak about this? She's telling the truth. Um, but then again, my biggest problem is she diverted the whole conversation from uh, the whole APAC issue and all that stuff. And she said, oh, 
her face is, was superimposed on that whole 9-11 yeah. poster thing. Da, 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 da. Like, why do people keep diverting the conversation from this to that? Because it's easier to, to erase. T- even her supporters, even her supporters will never outwardly say what she said is not anti-Semitic. What she said is not wrong. A lot of people actually did. It's funny because a lot of Jews came to her defense. And I felt mm. like a lot of Muslims and ex-Muslims came against her as well. Like those annoying personalities on Twitter. <laughs> That their yeah. job is just to bring down Muslims, right? And it's like, to me, I felt a light of silence from, like, our community in general. Like, you know, it's yeah. crazy because all these people are coming after this one Somali person. Because in the end of the day, she is Somali. But then, like, t- all the Somali people were like, mom. Until it blew over and became a big deal where people started defending her from higher positions. Then everyone yeah. was like, oh, you know, go sis, go whatever. But it's like, before then... There's no support for her from like to me. The, my biggest problem is the fact that when it comes to like speaking against just injustice and oppression and stuff, people really think it's easy to just you know lay back and take it. But the thing is, it's not even just. I think the common person, unfortunately, takes um, lead from the members of our community who are out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what was really upsetting to me is you have this other con- congresswoman, Rashida, who's Palestinian. Who was quiet about this whole thing? She dipped like that's within what the first hour. She dipped more. You have other people. You have other people in our communities that are like out there, outspoken activists. Why was everybody quiet? I'm talking about Muslims right yeah. now. Can we just Why talk about how, how proud I am that it's like it's in our Somali nature to always speak up and not back down? Like I, I really truly that. saw her Somali do that in that moment because it's like even when people are going after us, is like I said what I said. You know? Do you know what killed me? Somebody actually tweeted. They're like. You know what, her, her Ilhan is a black woman. The level of bravery that she has is completely bizarre and we don't understand it. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. And they're like, oh, maybe it's because she came from a Somali middle-class family back in Somalia. I'm just like, what? What are you talking it's about? In they, were like, they were like, surprised. We stand by what we that say. She was, exactly. They were surprised that she was she wouldn't back down. They were surprised that she continued attacking different things and she wouldn't stand down. She wouldn't just keep quiet about like, you know, some people might take a lesson from this and be yeah. like, I'm gonna be quiet. But that's not her job. Her job as a person in politics, her job as a person in government is to defend the common man. These people, all they care about, majority of them, is their positions of power. Exactly. That's where Ilhan is different. She cares actually about making a difference. No, but like, let's be real. Imagine being a Congress person for like 10 years and not once stirring the pot. What the hell are you there for? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it's actually the stupidest what are you ever. doing? Yeah. But yeah, like props to her. Wallahi and inshallah, may only good come her way. And may Ilahi be there for her and let her see the best. You know what I loved? I loved when she's like, people asked her, oh, are you not scared of death threats and stuff? And she's like, I'm a woman of faith. I'm going to go when my time is to go. And until then, I'm going to continue to make people pleasantly uncomfortable or something like that. And I was like, props. Takbir. Takbir. Allahu Akbar. Because why are you on the side? You have to live for both the dunya and your deen. You know, you need to be balanced in what you're doing. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. So I think this kind of this topic kind of segues into the next topic. Yeah. Um in terms of, you know, the attacks that Muslim face and that's the Christchurch shooting. Mm, yeah. So how did you find out about the Christchurch shooting? For, Where were you? You know what's crazy is the fact that, okay, so I was sleeping, right? And then I remember waking up because my siblings are like, you know, it was 1 a.m. And so I remember uh, my siblings saying, oh, my God, did you guys see that? Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my God, right? And I was like in and out of sleep. And then I woke up and I'm like, what are the hell are you talking about? For some reason, I got like really anxious. And I looked at it and wallahi, my heart dropped. I don't know if it was because I was sleep deprived. I don't know because if why it hit me so hard. But I saw it at like 1 a.m. and wallahi, I could have stopped crying. I was like, oh, my God, this is so... It's the fact that it happened in such a quote unquote civilized, you know, uh, environment, and the fact that these people just went to go pray, you know, um, um, Jum'a, Jum'a prayer, Jum'a. and they were all sitting there, and they literally just got shot down, execution style. That, and I didn't, I didn't watch the video, but I watched like the first ten second, and like, what my heart shattered. Like I'm like, what is this? It was so very 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 like moving in that sense like for a good week after that i was like very monotone like i couldn't feel emotion that well yeah um the day that it happened <clears throat> it was like i found out morning um i was off work that day um and i was at home i was just chilling and then i got i saw the video randomly people were talking about a video a video i just saw a video randomly and it was a shooting and at first i didn't believe that what was going on and i was like what wait what is this what's happening and then i realized like that's a whole ass man like gunning down people in a masjid and i was genuinely so shocked 
I was walking around in the days. I actually like proper sobbed. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And then the numbers were coming out and I'm like, what the hell? And it's the craziest thing is it's New Zealand. That's yes. what had me shook. Like I know everybody, we all know Australia is known to be super racist, but for some reason I thought New Zealand was different. No, I don't you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know why. I thought of like New Zealand is to Australia as Canada is to the US. And I'm not trying to say that either any of those countries don't have racism or any of those countries oh, don't have extremists less, or whatever. It's more subtle. Um, I just assumed it was less. So I would I would expect to hear something like that in America. I would expect to hear something like that in Australia, maybe even the UK, but I couldn't ima- I could not imagine that happening in like New Zealand. Yeah. It was just such a shock to me. And like at that point when I was like hearing the news stories and all that stuff, it was just, it was crazy. And you, and what I really love that people were doing is that they were sharing the stories of the individuals mm-hmm. who were, who were, who were, um, who passed and who died, Allah yeah. who are basically shuhada, you know, all of them. And like, we're learning about their individual stories and like how real they were, like just yeah. little tidbits of information, like, Oh, this guy, he came for his PhD and Oh, she had like you know she was trying to help her husband or yeah. you know um he just had a baby girl or the the three-year-old child will lie the three-year-old oh, child just really the thing is that's the message right you find young and old and people from every diver- uh, ethnicity people from every type of background and so when you go into a message you ki- you're killing people all the people in a community that because it will touch everyone in that community yeah you know you know what's the the crazy thing about that is the fact that like first of all i am very like empathetic in general when it comes to people dying around the world right and so as a muslim i'm more i feel more towards someone who's muslim right and so i feel like all these years you kind of get desensitized because even growing up like we were exposed to like the iraq war and like you know the palestinian war that was on the news 24 7 and you kind of get desensitized to mass deaths right at one point Mm -hmm. in your life and so and we've been having murders in america you know that that whole shoot that happened in montreal you know so it's like I, i was more shocked in the fact that i actually felt so much for that new zealand the christchurch shooting like the fact that it affected me that much that's what shocked me because i thought i was beyond you know, being affected by murder, especially what ha- what's happening right now in China, for example, the Rohingya Muslims. Do you understand? Like that kind, death is a normal thing that we hear about it all the time. But what I think what really, really moved me about this one was the fact that the guy he basically did a Facebook live and he essentially felt like he was above the law and that he could get away with this. You know, like people would be understanding about it. You know what? I don't think he even, like, he was expecting to go to jail. I don't think he was thinking that he's going to get away with it. He's talking to a specific brand of people, right? Like a specific type of people. And he knew he was going to, he's like, I don't care if the masses hate me. My people would, you know, support me on this. Do you understand? That whole, I did it for the common good. Because that's what was going on, right? And so I think that really is what, because we hear about white supremacists, like the Montreal one. Yeah, he's like, oh, I was influenced by Trump and blah, blah, blah. But then it was never filmed completely. The media was mm-hmm. put on lockdown. Okay. Yeah. Like we basically, we got, the people were talked about in that way. Even the mugshot, he got a proper mugshot. Well, uh, the people that were murdered got like really shitty pictures, you know? So this is the first time that they act, it actually like you stepped into the mosque with them. You yeah. know, you were put but in you the know, position. But, but can I, can I tell you something? Isai? I think one of the biggest reasons why we were so affected by this is that it felt like it happened in our own neighborhoods. Exactly. Like, the way that it happened, the way that the attack was, like, imagine, this. it's literally me going to my local masjid, you know, mm-hmm. feeling fine. Our mosques don't have security. There's nobody, there's no, like, if they have cameras, they're lucky, you know? Yeah. And people just, anybody can come in, anybody can go out, and the idea that somebody was able, like, I felt like somebody walked into my local masjid and with a gun and shot down my entire community. That's what it felt like. And I just, well, I, I have so much sympathy for the Muslims in that town. It was two masjids yes. that it happened at. Yeah. But I have, like, well, I imagine, like, losing that many people from your community in one day. Like, it's just... I can't even imagine it's it, to horror. be honest. It's straight Subhanallah. Up you know what's scarier is the fact that, okay, I live in Edmonton and I live near the one of the oldest mosques in the whole of Canada, right? And so this it's mosque... It's the oldest mosque in it Canada. It is, yeah. It's probably the oldest mosque It's the, it's the first one, by the way, officially. Yeah. First... Oh, is it official? Okay. The yeah. first official mosque in Canada. So it's like a huge mosque. It's funded like crazy, okay? People donate millions of dollars every year, okay? And so we have cameras. We have so much stuff and we have a good uh, relationship with the police and all that stuff. And even that, a couple of months ago, um, they posted pictures of these literal white supremacists that came uh, to 
quote unquote, check it out. They were wearing shirts, hats, and um, jackets that said kafir, which means infidel, essentially in English, right? And so Can we stop around. saying that, first of all? Because I don't know why we keep saying kafir is infidel, galo is infidel. It's not. Let's infidel it's means completely different than i know but like when you say when cause this is something that like um i remember reading an article about some guy like, hating being called gala because gala meant infidel gala just means not muslim to me that's it non-believer like why reason infidel it's such a dramatic you know why anyways, it's because continue. they think that infidel means kafir and that's why they put kafir on it do you understand yeah but essentially anyways. all they're doing is walking around saying non-believer and if you ask them do you believe they'll say no so what is the problem Anyway, so they went in the message, and can you believe that the police were called? People, the news interview. You know what Rashid Moss did? They took the the pictures of the people, they posted it on their personal Facebook page, and they wrote a whole article on it because no one's gonna cover it because it's not a big enough yeah. problem, right? They made their yeah. own art article, they publicized it themselves, and then the news picked up on that. That's the other reason why we're saying we're not surprised about this. Yeah, none of this that happened. As sad as we are, as as shocked, we're not shocked about. It actually happened. We're shocked it's more because the, the it's grief. literally shell shock. It's the damage of it. It's the grief of it. But no one is surprised about it happening because there has been so many instances. We know this is one thing that kills me. Like we know at the end of the day, Wallahi, something I've learned over these last few years of my life, ever since leaving the Emirates, is Wallahi, we're on our own. Yeah. We are on our own. We have no one in our corner. How am I, How do you expect me to trust the same police that are um, that probably have the same ideology as some of these people. Yeah. Or our siblings with these people, or our cousins with these people, or neighbors with these people. Like if you're quiet, you're com- complicit. Period. I'm sorry. They're, yes, they're, I'm pretty sure you have whole members of government. If you have members of government who are sympathetic to these people, how do you expect the common police person not to be? And even the police. Who are the police? Who are they recruiting? They're recruiting anybody and any anybody can get into the police academy. I'm so sorry. Like if you do well in school and you are a little bit athletic, you can get into the police academy. It's not a problem. Yeah. You can become a police officer so literally any deadbeat could be a police officer how am i supposed to trust that i'm so sorry no i won't so when it comes to when it comes to us being in uh, a position of you know um, weakness or somebody coming to us and we're telling you we don't feel safe this is happening people are patrolling our neighborhoods this guy with a gun kit walked by and they go oh we can't do anything am i surprised yeah this is why i say well light self-defense prepare yourself yeah also like for the message and you need to protect yourself in the message get security you know uh, yes, what do you call it private get funding you know in the end of the day how many times have we heard people call police and the police is like oh i'm sorry we don't have enough people to send to you guys we don't have enough things to do whatever whatever and the government once you complain to them like your local government you tell them listen we need more people during the uh Jum'a prayer we need more policemen to come over and they'll be like oh we don't think it's a, a big enough threat the only time they're ever going to see it as a big enough threat is when 10 different messages get shot down in one community you know so it's like even then even then they don't care even then they don't give a shit yeah so it's like as muslims that you know are going to the message we need to actually take our lives more seriously you know and take the threat more seriously because every single day we could scream on top of the rooftop that it's a serious threat and people will still be like there's people on both good people on both sides okay (laughs) so shit about the good people honest to god if at the end of the day Listen, love, like, Hafsa, wait, love, you know, love is the answer. We need to all love each other. Yeah. Love the, the only white time, The only time that I'm going to be like, this person's on my side is when I see a white body that's a human shield in front of me. Let's be like, real. When I, like, for, which is what happened. It's kind of harsh, you people. guys. It's kind of harsh. I understand, like, you know, we need to be more tolerant and all that stuff, but people are dying. No, no, honest. I'm not even, I'm, I'm actually being very serious. I like, know. at the end of the day, if, if I see that somebody is willing to put their life on the line, for our community, that's when I trust you. Yeah. Because I, the, the people are saying, oh, trust us out of, you know, we're, we're trying. Some of us are good. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Your track record is shit. Truly. If you want me to trust you, prove it. Truly. Prove truly. it to me. Honest Anyways, to God. Like, well, they don't understand. Like, we're going to, our message is our community center. It's not a place mm-hmm. we pray. It's where we go to learn. It's where we go to connect. It's where we go to wind down. It's where we do everything. So when someone comes and shoots down people in a mosque, it's unacceptable. And we, yeah. like we're gonna go to all extremes. We should go to all extremes to protect our people in our messages. We really should, but I don't. Anyway. It's just about where do you go from here? Because we don't have. You have the police who doesn't give a shit about us. Mm-hmm. You have the government that barely gives a shit. You have um, the newspapers and and the media who disgustingly what did they write about him oh a boy who was a, a cute little boy who was radicalized by video games and all this stupid shit that happened yeah like you like the thing is we actually have to be we have to realize it comes it all comes together 
we're on our own. We have to make our own spaces. We have to force ourselves into their spaces and infiltrate them and make sure that our voices are heard. (laughs) No, I'm using that word because at the end of the day, something we need to realize is that if our if we're not in those spaces being loud, yeah, this is they're gonna be they're they because for them it's the thing is a lot okay some of it is intentionally them being obtuse yeah like it's all intentional them them purposely doing shit that that exists yes and also what exists is people who are um just stupid yes they're they're not unaware they're detached and they're just as problematic and they're just as detrimental to us as the other folk yeah so what we need to do is make sure that we're in those spaces yelling and screaming at the top of our lungs yes and telling them what the hell is that paper that you want that that cover story what the fuck is that also also can we talk about where representation in in politics come to, comes through here as well for example because of that thing that happened in Christchurch New Zealand did a gun ban law right and so Mashallah, when you when a Muslim is in these positions where they could pass bills and stuff like that their community is going to put pressure on them to you know make stricter gun laws or to you know um support all this stuff like the police protecting uh uh the the muslim community during jama all this stuff can be made into law right and who has the power mm-hmm. to make laws the people in 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 government and so when you co- support people think about that what are they doing for my community what can they change in the future because nothing is set in stone do you understand? Mm-hmm. Like I understand, mm-hmm. we're there for each other. There's different avenues to do to do stuff. You do stuff on a private level, on a local level within the community, but also put pressure on people in higher positions to do stuff for your community. And I understand, like sometimes it feels like you're throwing one stone at one spot and it's not doing anything. But the more voices speak up, the more pressure people feel because in the end of the day, these politicians are voted by the majority. Do you understand? Yeah, so the, yeah. that's why, like, now more and more as I grow older, I'm seeing the power in protest, the power in, in voting, the power in, you know, the majority. So, yeah. you know, before you're cynical, you're like, so what? It's not going to do anything. But it, now, like, social media really amplifies your voice. If they hear one voice of dissent, they're kind of hesitate before they do something, you know? The more voices of dissent there is, the more likelihood they are to, you know, change their position. Because at the end, it's a popularity contest. Mm-hmm. you know um early like i feel like i'm stuck between a rock and a hard place because <laughs> i have moments where i'm like you know what f this like i don't want to have anything like it's well it's so exhausting, exhausting. And so tiring Truly. constantly involving yourself in the community making sure our voices are heard going to all these forums going to all these platforms um going to you know when when the police come to the community or when 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 governors or politicians or whoever come and like they want to talk to the community and get our opinions and making sure that we're not dismissed making sure that you know we're not spoken to a condescending in a condescending manner all this bullshit it's just so exhausting and i'm like you know what screw this i'm moving back you know i don't want any of you i'm gonna move to somalia i'm gonna move to kenya i'm gonna move to tanzania whatever and then i realize all of this that we're talking about influences Pub, uh, global policy like it really as does. much as I, as much as you try to escape one place it follows you wherever you go in the world mm-hmm. you know what i mean and at the end of the day unfortunately these western powers are the superpowers of the world yeah. and they have the most influence on global policy and global rules and global economics all that stuff so as much as we try to escape it at the end of the day this affects us wherever you go exactly. especially with what's happening across the world right now like honestly so, if the thing is if you don't speak someone else is going to speak for you period exactly yeah. you know you want megan mccain but, to speak um, for you <laughs> oh my god please let's not even joke about that but you know what one thing that i um i think that happened really well after this christchurch uh, shooting was how the new zealand government reacted yeah and i think that was that sh- that was that was good leadership under the prime minister jacinda whatever her last name is yeah and I truly admire her for that. Like, she did a great job. What I don't admire is the way people are going above and beyond to kiss this woman's ass and be like, nominate her for a Nobel Peace Prize. I'm sorry, for what? For doing her job? It's because the bar is six feet under, okay? And if people <laughs> it's like... It's not even low. It's underground. It's, <laughs> it's six so feet under, okay? And the fact is, the fact of the matter is, people like Obama got a Nobel Peace Prize. It's just, is it worth so anything? First of all, you know what? At this point, she definitely des- deserves a Nobel Peace Prize more than Obama. That oh, definitely. Te- Obama's a terrorist. Without a question. Obama is a terrorist. <laughs> but I was just... You know what shook me even more? You know what? Nominate her. Nobel Peace Prize. Nobel Prizes are just garbage at this point, to be honest. Yeah. Like, They're not they, worth much. They, didn't they rescind it? They rescinded it from that guy who... Um, Watson and Crick? Yeah, because he used, he did like racist studies on black people. I know. 
just like, also, I knew he was Every trash when he stole like, the DNA uh, double helix thing from Rosalind Franklin. We knew. Oh my god. Anyways, but my point is that Nobel Prizes are trash. So whatever, give whatever prize you want to whoever person you want to. But what made me so disappointed in Muslims were that people were like, oh, uh, she's basically an honorary Muslim now. New Zealand is an honorary Muslim country. Um, blah, blah, blah. She's better than believers. Blah, blah, blah. People like, that no, jo- the, the thing is, are you even it's if you're trolling, even... do you not understand the implications of the words you're saying? It's really sad. It's really disappointing. It's the same people that had all this energy for that whole situation with that girl, that the ISIS girl. It's same people. Oh my god. People are like, unaware of what they're saying. They don't understand too. how their 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 voices are basically just gonna be used as a fodder for whatever agenda someone's running. Like be mm. careful of what you're saying. You think that you're just talking to five, ten people, but when you're doing it on somewhere like social media, people are gonna use that as a number when they're trying to pass a vote. Exactly. Anyways, I think we've spoken about this for long enough. Yeah. Let's move on to the last topic we want to talk about today. Yeah. Um there's been a, a new vogue magazine cover release thing that happened recently yeah um vogue arabia had not one not two but three somali girls on their cover hijabi three somali girls hijabi halal looking um fully covered we stand yeah so is this a good or a bad thing like i personally stand but is it a good or a bad thing honestly there's just it's a very complex situation right there's layers and layers to this um do we look at it from a perspective of this is people's passion? This is the job they've always wanted to do. Do we look at it from a perspective of fame? Do we look at it from a perspective of like religious implications? Do we look at it from a perspective of the influence they'll have in society? It's just your own bias that's going to affect how you see it, right? So, but the problem is, it's just well, like, there's so many things that like happen right now, and it's like the lesser of two evils. Yeah. But the problem is, is that what does that even apply like we keep saying the lesser of two evils for like in terms of politicians and who you vote for like we just spoke about that politicians politicians and who you vote for sometimes they're going to push policy that you're not for but the rest of what they're pushing works in your favor so you're going to vote for that person and it's like at the same time when it comes to this issue okay so they're making spaces for us they're making us see they're making us be like um put out there and like putting the visual of somali and muslim and black and hijabi woman out there mm-hmm. but at the same time does that negate what the what hijab is meant to be yeah you know what i mean yes so it's 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 a it's a it really is it's like a serious a difficult... yeah it's a serious question that we actually do have to ask ourselves and be honest about the questions that we ask like i've been seeing a lot of movement on like you know we're always for Somali girls and whatever they're doing, or even Somali guys, you know, we're always supporting each other. But it's, and when someone brings up like the haramness of it or the deen aspect of it, and then people bring up us worse sin and be like, you know, mm-hmm. people do this and this and this. Why are you coming for this? Why do you have energy for this? Do you understand? So motives but are really messy. Yeah. Here. Yeah. But that's the other problem. Like, you can't, there's no point in comparing sin. Like, the problem with that is, if you if you constantly are like, oh, this girl's doing this, but this other girl's doing that. Yeah. Okay, but how does this help the first girl? Exactly. Like, it doesn't, make, it doesn't make sense at all. Like, you can't negate what you're doing by what another person is doing. Yeah. The only way that you can negate or stop a sin is if you stop doing it completely yeah. and you make toba. So, there's no... there's one Talking about one person or the other person does not nullify anything. Yeah. But when it comes to this... First of all, we have the whole... Okay, let's talk about the pros that come along with it. Yeah, like at what this point in time, like honestly, at this point in time, I see more pros than I see cons. And I might change my opinion, you know, a couple of years down the line or whatever it is. But in this moment of time, in this environment and the way everything's moving, I see more pro in in like public um, hijabi, modest Muslim fashionistas, right? And I feel mm-hmm. like the pre- representation we have now is a much closer representation than we've had ever, you yeah. know? But do you... But the thing is, is that do you think... Any hijabi, meaning any style of hijab, um, on the catwalk, on magazines, on media, is a good thing? Or is it a specific type of hijab? Because we do have people who have different interpretations, their personal interpretation. I'm not saying that hijab is interpreted in different ways, but their own personal interpretation of hijab, what they call hijab, or how they what they deem to be modest, is very different from other people. And they're using that form... Yeah. And putting that out there. For I truly see. believe that people like that are in the minority because they also always make it seem like it's the norm. 
right? So I only have a problem. But it's not in the minority sis. There's lots of okay. For instance, if you look at the this Vogue cover, it was relatively halal. Mm -hmm. All I saw was faces and hands. Okay, (laughs) okay. Um, nothing was like overtly tight. But then you also have people who are like on Instagram. I think we've spoken about this before. Yeah. On Instagram, on YouTube, on whatever who um, may have a turban or hijab that has half of their hair showing or, mm. like, their whole neck showing, or shoulder showing, or super Like, more tight. fashion than hijab. Exactly. Not, you know, fashion can still be modest. That's the thing I But what myself. I mean, like... It, but it's, it's like... Yeah, you get me. It's, like, more bodycon than hijab, yeah. you know. Honestly, like, honest. individually, it does not bother me. It's more when people come on uh, public platforms and, and talk about it like it's the norm. Like, oh, this is hijab, you know? Like, be honest, you know? I prefer honesty over that. And so when you have this Vogue cover who's actually closer to the hijab, plus they, they've never been asked, like, do you think this is the proper way to hijab? What do, you, what do you, do you understand? Like, that's not being implied. Like, for example, we already talked about Dina Tokyo and all that stuff. And th- that's more of a changing the deen to suit your needs. While this is more like, this is a hijabi. I don't know. I see it as more closer to representation than people who switch up stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If Do you know what sense. makes you know what makes my day about all this um, representation on like new on like magazines and newsstands and all that? Like all I can imagine is like a dutty little white supremacist or racist or Islamophobe just you know doing their little groceries and whatnot, and then and they walk through the ca- cashier <laughs> aisle and they see that in their face. I'm like, yes, Abaya, forget I hope that. Your soul hurts. This was <sighs> Vogue. This was Vogue Arabia. Imagine all the Arabs and their boiling blood right now. First of all. Can we talk about that? Because the other day I sent you guys um, an Insta story um, where it was a girl who was West African was like, oh, okay, so can we talk about now that International Muslim Women's Day is over? Can we talk about how um, when we talk when we talk about Muslims being represented, it's all Somalis and Arabs? Somalis forced themselves they made a spot for themselves okay Halima Adin went and went into a pageant when no one else was doing it Halima Adin literally she did all that she forced herself in those positions and the other two girls I remember they posted their pictures on freaking um, Twitter and went viral because of it and used that virality to become models what are you doing? I'm so sorry. Like, what, the one thing that pissed me off about all of this is that, uh, like, this is a fact. Somali girls are at the forefront of hijabi fashion. Basma like, Are we forgetting Basma time. Yeah, everybody. So I'm so sorry. Like, when people were walking around, like, forcing, like, when you talk about, like, hijabi fashion in the modest sense, Somalis were number one. We, you I'm know, so sorry. You know what's we crazy? I remember, Wallahi, one. you're totally right. I remember people trying to halalify miniskirts by wearing pads underneath it. You know, people try to take... It's so hard, like it was so hard seeing a hijabi person wearing modest clothes made for modest people. Unless you were obviously Malaysian or stuff. Like those people are killers when it comes to that. There's something but, else. There's something else. They're amazing. I love them. Okay. Yeah. But like when it comes to mainstream fashion, excuse me, Halim Az is walking down the Tommy Hilfiger Zendaya uh, runway wearing the, an outfit I could wear today. And exactly. I don't have to, I don't have but, to very change it up for, for anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. The one thing that like, so there's lo- I feel like there's a lot of layers to what this girl posted, mm-hmm. and um, there were different aspects to it. I don't think she was completely honest about why she posted that. There was an element of jealousy there. There was um part of it where she might have felt genuinely hurt because she went on to say that she you know suffered f- discrimination from Somalis and whatnot yeah. and all of that and that Somalis you know Which experience is fair. a type of privilege because you know East African Eurocentric I hate that word I hate that word it's so the, much but it's Eurocentric bullshit. features closeness to whiteness it's just it up it, whatever but to be honest there is some truth there there's truth to what she's saying like when I read that I'm like okay hmm, that's true I get what you're saying and, but I don't like your timing yeah. and I don't like the correlation you made and the implications the fact, like what are you trying to imply Yes, and what she's implying is that we don't deserve what we have because uh, subhanAllah, we're white because of our features and we're white adjacent, <laughs> exactly. That's why we get what we have, which is not, so detrimental and so um and so rude because she's impl- like, I'm so sorry, we Somali people have worked hard to get to where they are today. Those girls, I'm not, I mean, I'm saying Somali people as a collective that we've all done it, but those girls and a lot of girls out there have done their due diligence and for you to say that they only got that because of their skin color because of their hair texture because of their uh facial features is hella disrespectful fam and it also and speaks of insecurity because let's be real you could have made it too 
Like, you know, yeah. it's not even... No, but to be to be honest, there, there might... Listen, some of those things you're saying, there might be an element of that. I won't deny it because at the end of the day, the closer you are to whiteness, they're more likely you're to achieve in life, which is whatever. Yeah. Cool. But the way that she said it and the what she was... Like you said, what she I was I think it implying, came from that whole, like, she had a bad experience in Somali's period. And so it kind of stained you know everything she's saying it tainted everything she's saying so and mm-hmm. i'm not saying like 100 somalis could be really you know on one sometimes so the, that yeah. arrogance did she- we mention sorry i'm I'm so uh, i completely forgot what i said did we mention what she said in her story you mentioned um how she said it's mostly arabs and somali women yeah she mentioned it was mostly arabs and somali women that she's experienced discrimination from somali women um, when she's gone to Somali Sukhs and Somali Masjids, that she's experienced times where people are like, oh, you're Muslim or are you really Muslim? Because she's West African. Yeah. And she was about to marry a Somali guy. Wow, I didn't know it was that deep. Yeah. And then like his mom was like, you're not going to marry a uh, quote unquote chirer or some stuff like some language like that. Okay. So okay. There's had, deep rooted yeah, problems then. <laughs> there's deep rooted problems there. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. I'm not going to deny that all of those are the issues we need to deal with. Very plausible. But again, the correlation is what does that have to do okay we do have problems of xenophobia like that is an actual thing right and we do Mm -hmm, have first of all that whole souk thingy i cannot believe that because maybe they don't speak the language and there's a culture barrier there you need to understand that we are our own culture it's not that we are collectively muslim and therefore our identity gets erased it's more like if you come to a, a somali uh majorly you know somali area then obviously there's a cultural barrier in that situation but mm. like her implying that these negativities equals, you know, it's just, oh, they're, they're basically white adjacent is what she's saying. They're racist. They look white. <laughs> That's why the only basically. thing they have is they're wearing scarf. Like so, as if Somalis and Arabs are interchangeable. Yeah, she kind of used the same argument. Um, uh, people from the Caribbean or West Africa in general used to negate East African um, blackness especially i don't know why they something else i don't understand about them is that a lot of the time they attack somalis more than they attack ethiopians or eritreans because we're loud no it's because we're loud and it's because we're muslim it's because we're muslim and when you put muslim when you attach muslim to us it it puts kind of an arab identity on you that's that's just it's sad and i don't understand why people see it that way but it erases for them the Muslim part of you erases the African part Funny, of you. Funny, right? Because we've been screaming the past week. I think the past week I've seen so many uh, articles and things that are erasing black the identity of black Muslims. We do exist. There's not only Muslims is not just Arabs and black people are mm-hmm. not just Christian blacks, right? There are black Muslims that fall in the middle. Like if you're drawing a Venn diagram, we're in the middle. So it's yeah. kind of funny that we always have to tell people yes. You know, you can be black and Muslim and Somalis are both. I just I just love how everybody's pressed by us. Like it's just hilarious. It's, I mean, yeah. is this me is this me being acting entitled and be like, everybody hates me, but I'm just so cool. Like, oh my god. Like ugh, this is why I don't I don't know why I don't have any girlfriends. <laughs> Dead. I only have guy friends. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like if I'm being honest, for me on a personal level, I don't give a shit. You could hate me all you want. Like on a personal level it doesn't bother me and i feel like in general that that attitude kind of goes to most somalis like you know you could say all this but it doesn't affect us and i feel like people get so angry when you say that because why are you not acknowledging my hurt you know because that's your hurt <laughs> i have nothing to apologize i don't for. care but you know do you know what like as frustrated and annoyed as i get when people come to me and have these conversations with me and ask me questions like i'm always like are you stupid like are you dumb like fam fix up like as annoying as that is, I low-key, high-key appreciate it because I'm like, you're yeah. trying. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I really appreciate the fact that you're trying to figure things out or we're having a debate or, hey, maybe your mind will be changed about something. Yeah. And this is me speaking from my high horse, thinking that everything I believe is correct <laughs> and the right way of doing things. But Even though you believe is. that, you still want to be questioned because if you believe something and you're not being questioned, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to like be questioned and still believe in what you believe in. Because if you're being quite, if you're not being questioned, how do you know that you're right? Like, I don't know. You know, so I'm okay with all these conversations. It's just in the end of the day, as a Somali person, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> you can hate all you want. We're still on Vogue. <laughs> I guess just the last point would be um, the importance of this representation is the fact that when you see hijabis, okay, regardless 
first of all, black hijabis in general, because it's already a minority within a minority. If you see that on covers like Vogue and you see that in the news and you see Ilhan Omar and you see all this, people will stop it'll become normalized. Like, the hijab gets normalized. People, st- you know, as a Muslim person, I'm sick and tired of being asked, don't you feel oppressed when you're wearing that? I'm sick and tired of that question. Fucking... So, I want to whip out that Vogue magazine be like, stop asking me this question. <laughs> exactly. Wallahi, it's it's beyond triggering. But I feel like, uh, as much as I hate, Wallahi, like, my, my biggest pet peeve, and I think everybody knows this about me, is, like, I don't think it's my job to educate anybody. It is It's not my job. It's not my responsibility. But this is a kind of like a passive way of doing that. Like, I don't need to vocalize and, te- and teach you and like sit you down in the classroom by somebody with my likeness. Exactly. Who looks like me being and posted all over um, the news, all over magazines, all over social media. It kind of deads that question. And constantly popping. Exactly. It kind of, it, it really does. And, and me popping up all over your feed, right, is going to make like make sure that you don't have to ask me those questions and I can go on living my best life. Yeah, and another thing is the fact that because people have these belief systems, you have the banning of hijabs in Quebec. You know, people, you know, they feel uh, uh, righteous in doing that. In France, you know, they, they're like, oh, we're trying to liberate these women. They're oppressed. But when you have this normalization of hijab in mainstream avenues like Vogue and like, you know, in, in politics and all this stuff, what, where does that excuse go? They're left to actually admit why they're doing it because they're freaking, they, they hate Islam, period. You know? Period. That's it. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Honest to God, like, even all that stuff about banning hijab, I think it's beyond, um, I, th- I honestly speaking personally, I think it's beyond racism. I think it's beyond discrimination. I think it's just hate. Like, full on. You want to subjugate people, essentially. You want to take away their freedom to be themselves. Exactly. Like, I I don't see it. Like, as much as we go, let's educate them. Let's have a talk. Let's explain. I'm so sorry. They hate us. Yeah. There's and no, that's why your voice has to no be louder. There's no other reason why somebody would go through that much trouble to make our lives hell. Yeah. Truly. Like, what kind of insanity is that? That's like 18th century slavery mentality. What What makes you think that you could take away a person's right to express themselves? It's kind of crazy. It's like being you being told you can never wear purple shirts, shirts anymore. Except that purple shirt means something to you. Okay? Yeah. So, it's actually crazy. And that's why I feel like we need to be more vocal. In, and also, I feel like it's so easy to go after Muslim women. Because look at them. They're not banning uh, ide- stuff that identify Muslim men. It's always Muslim women that get targeted. Because people see us as like the minority. People see us as weaker. People see us as having no one else to back us. Because let's be real. The people that are the loudest when defending hijabis are hijabis. Okay? So, yeah, it's like, yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, they're such a small bracket. We can go after these people. You know? Mm-hmm. So, if people see that there were louder then they'll hesitate to do it in the end of the day it is a popularity contest and i always tell my father like i tell my own father this i'm like abba you know you go out no one will know you from from anything else like yeah you have a beard but it's a style now you know what identifies you as a muslim man but i'm like the moment i walk out this house i'm a muslim woman like it doesn't matter so my identifier is out there for everyone to see and therefore that's why we speak up about it a lot and that's why we champion these women that are representation that's why representation matters so much to us because no one else is there to speak for us except us that's literally it and at the end of the day we are the only ones who are standing up for ourselves we are the only ones out of all everything that we've spoken about today all we can do is protect ourselves all we can do is stand up for each other all we can do is make sure that we make those spaces and that are comfortable for us to chill in, for us to hang out in. Yeah. Because we're not going to find that anywhere else, not in this lifetime, yeah. not in the next lifetime, not in this next century. Probably so just enjoy lifetime. it as you can. Well, I, no, mm, I doubt it. And honestly, like, I don't, there's nowhere for us to go on this globe. Yeah. Anywhere we run to, we're going to face Well, problems. you know, in the end of the day, as a Muslim, this dunya isn't for us, period. It really but, isn't. Close. But you really need to do your best. You can't just turn the other eye... To, for oppression and like choose to be oppressed that's kind of mad i think we just need to work for like everything i do right now yeah. like it'll make my it might make my life a little bit easier but well everything we do is for the next generation yeah every single generation needs to fight harder yeah. and battle harder for the next yeah and like it's honestly that that's what it is uh, 150 years from now they're gonna be like i can't believe they dealt with this bullshit exactly like, that's what they're gonna say about us they're gonna be like i can't believe you guys were so accepting like, how did you guys survive like imagine us right 100%. now saying we can't go to the 1950s because I'm not trying to get lynched. 
they're gonna say that about us yes and <laughs> people that use the cop-out that i'm just gonna go to the middle east i'm sorry to tell you this but the middle east is worse for you like if you're exactly. if you're a black muslim forget you you think you have uh, a say in the middle east like i feel like a lot of these people have never been there <laughs> and that's why they talk like this no, actually, most of the people I know who want to go to the Middle East, they're just going there for money and they're leaving. Yeah, like, and I know, that's a cop-out. You're literally a coward, let's be real. Yeah. So, oh, fighting words. Yeah, fighting <laughs> words, but I truly believe it. Like, if you, you're like, someone, I, I read the other day, someone say, I'm going to go to Saudi Arabia and live my life. Excuse me? With what conscience? <laughs> anyway. You know, I think we all delude ourselves into like, oh, you know what, I'm just going to go to Mecca and Medina, like... Every time my mom says you that, you have to like, be next to level tired. blessed. You yeah. know, there's people that are blessed in this dunya and the akhirah. You have to be that extreme minority t- for that to happen to you. No, even if though, like, ugh, it, you have to still live an oblivious life. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. As much as there's so much <laughs> ni'mah and barakah in those two cities, there's a reason why, like, you only need to go for Hajj and Umrah and yeah. then dip. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the thing is, you oh have to God. be completely oblivious. That itself is a blessing, right? For you not, yeah. nothing to affect you. That's kind of a blessing. Yeah, but anyways, I think we should stop the episode here. Yep. Um, if you guys have any strong feelings, or if you just want to be like, hey, y'all the best, or <laughs> if you just want to, you know, agree and nod along, or you know, send us a couple of um memes and emojis and gifts or whatever. Uh, our Twitter is at Abwan Podcast. Our Instagram is at Abwan Podcast, and our email is abwanchronicles at gmail.com. Yeah. We also have a curious cat, folks. I think we need to put the link for our curious cat, um, like pin it or something. Probably. Also, I yeah. wanted to say something. Shout out to our other half who did a live show yesterday. You know, yes. our first live show. Shout out to everyone that came up to them and said they loved our podcast. Oh my god, yeah, I heard all those like supportive little stories. Yeah, right, so right. cute. Second hand. Oh my god. We hear it second hand. But shout out to all of oh, you guys. Yeah, we appreciate y'all. And um if y'all ever see us in these streets and recognize us, please come up and say hi. Yeah. And give us feedback. Like we constantly we we are constantly on the lookout for feedback. We're constantly looking on uh for ways to get better. So uh send all that our way, inshallah. Mm-hmm. All right then. Bye. Toodaloo. Salam alaikum. <laughs>